All Students of Stanford Unite, the official podcast of the Associated Students of Stanford University and Stanford Student Enterprises. I'm your host, Cricket Beidelman, and today's guest is Kevin Martinez, the CEO of SSE and the financial manager of the ASSU. Hello, Kevin. Would you like to introduce yourself? Of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, as Cricket mentioned, my name is Kevin Martinez. I use he, him pronouns. I was uh, class of 2017 at Stanford. I did my undergraduate in economics. Uh, since then, I was able to work at uh, American Express for a bit on their Plenty team. Um, I also worked at the Stanford Daily as their VP of ad sales. And then the last two years, I worked as the business operations manager for SSE. I'm very excited to be here. So it seems like you have significant experience with financial management. How does that affect your work with the ASSU? Yes. So I think my experience really started with um, being the financial officer of, of Mecha, the Stanford, another VSO on campus. And so what that experience does for me is uh, at the top of mind, I always have the needs of the student groups that we're working for, working with. When it comes to funding transactions, I know that a grant doesn't just mean general programming for an organization. It really means engagement and uh, allowing for a vibrant student community to thrive on campus. And so with every decision that we make here at the ASSU, especially uh, within my purview, I want to make sure that we are listening to student voices. We are amplifying what it is they're trying to do with their work because it's very important work that, that leads to activism, that leads to actual change here in the university. And it's very exciting to see that. Stanford Student Enterprises is the way that we generate um, the money that helps the ASSU do our work. Can you explain Stanford Student Enterprises a little bit more for people who aren't aware? Of course. Stanford Student Enterprises really is the financial arm of the ASSU. So over the last uh, 20, 25 years, wow, <laughs> or so, um, they've been, uh, we've been rather, uh, in charge of making sure that the business operations that we provide offer students an opportunity for integrated learning that is through running a business that they themselves manage in every capacity. Uh, they are to learn business skills, entrepreneurial skills, financial management skills, and at the same time offer services to the Stanford community that improve student life on campus. So we have the student store, we have the Cardinal Ventures, a startup accelerator, we have Cardinal Labs, our newest enterprise, uh, which focuses on web app development. We have Stanford Consulting, a consulting group. And then finally, Capital Group, which is the uh, group in charge of managing all the transactions that VSOs put on on campus. At the end of the day, SSC is a service in many respects to, to the student community. And we make sure that as best we can, we're attentive to the needs of the student body. If you as a student have an idea for a business that you want to stress test, we are the place where you can have a safety net to do so as long as we're making sure that it's something that the student body wants and is looking for. We're the place for that. So where do all the ideas for the projects and products, um, especially the ones in the student store, come from then? Yeah, that's a good question. So it's one part uh, the ingenuity of our student staff team, especially when it comes to the student store. And it's another part, uh, a collaboration between full-time staff, people who usually go through my role, as well as other students outside of the organization. So as best we can in our talent acquisition, we make sure to identify folks who are attuned to both their entrepreneurial spirit, if you will. We are at Stanford, of course, um, but also their, their creative side. 
And so speaking to the student store team, we have a design manager who, uh, Melan in this case, she is tasked with um, just creating different ideas for the products in the student store. Now, in order to get student feedback on that, we send surveys, we have mock-ups, we do design competitions to make sure that it's not an idea that is siloed, but rather has as much community involvement and buy-in as possible. And then we put it out as a reflection of the student body. Uh, at the end of the day, the student store is, is not the Stanford bookstore, for instance. Uh, we don't just want to have classic gear there. We want to make sure that the shirts, the bookmarks, really everything that you see in the store is a reflection of the artistic creativity on campus, uh, of jokes that only the student body would get, things like that. And we try to translate that to the, to the rest of our enterprises as well. So then how has SSE been affected by COVID? Oof, that is the big question. So SSE thrives from in-person operations. Uh, we are five different student-run enterprises, and then, of course, the central team that tries to manage everything. Um, and so it's it's fantastic to be able to be in person in our office setting. We're super collaborative, and we try as best we can to include as many voices in the room when we're acquiring feedback. So this transition to COVID, um, a remote operation, I think has really put the damper on that. What we're trying to do and what we've seen successes with are just uh, um, trying to replicate how these in-person water cooler chefs, is what I call them, um, happen. So what I mean by that is in the office, people tend to congregate around the, the water cooler, around the fridge, around the snack pantry. How can we do that in person? We've had um, to structure our meetings in smaller settings, that is, smaller groups of people to allow for um, that casual conversation to come about again, um, while also, you know, offering incentives like having an e-lunch, you know, doing DoorDash gift cards, sending care packages. COVID has has really changed our world, I think, in many ways. Um, one thing that I'm excited to see is that um, where before we would be faced with roadblocks about remote working, flexible hours, uh, virtual communication through Zoom or phone call or what have you, now, I think people are approaching these tools with more grace and approaching problems with more creativity. And so it, it's exciting to see that energy, both on the full-time staff side as well as the student side. I, I think it's what, what's beautiful about this moment is the advocacy that is coming as well. Um, when we talk about accessibility, when we talk about intersectionality, um, now is the time to put our money where our mouths are, and and that's what we've been seeing uh, at SSE. It's been a slow churn of trying to recover from the impact of of really severing these social ties that we relied on more than I would say <laughs> I thought, um, and then from that trying to build I think a better, more empathetic way of working together. What do you foresee happening with SSE this year in particular? Yes. So I can speak to the short term and then the longer term is, is a bit fuzzier, but of course, we're trying to build a couple of contingency plans. So as the university announced that fall quarter would, would go on without any undergraduate students, it's looking like our offices uh, at Old Union, those won't be open or as open as we had hoped. And so for the most part, all of our enterprises will, will transition to remote operations. What that means, for example, is that 
Cardinal Ventures, which is um, they, they put on a 10 week program with Stanford uh, led teams, led founders. Uh, this program will be completely online. It will culminate in a virtual demo day where um, the these companies will will pitch to investors in the Silicon Valley and to other Stanford community members. Um, that's perhaps the largest event based endeavor that we're piloting online. Um, the rest of our other enterprises, most of their work lends itself fairly well to being in an online setting, capital group where students would come into our offices to discuss any problems that they have with our financial system. Now we have a virtual office hour model. Uh, and in order to make sure that we are being accessible to folks, not just here in the U.S. on, on Pacific Coast time, but rather everyone, um, we are trying to stagger our office hours to make sure that we are uh, accessible at people hours for wherever you are. In, in the world there. Perhaps the biggest challenge um, for, for me right now has been trying to figure out how to pivot the student store. Um, we, we do have a website and so fortunately we, we can still have online operations and our, our student manager team um, has been fantastically flexible when it comes to that. It, it's just a matter of making sure that we're able to you know reach our inventory uh, on campus and as um, Santa Clara County continues their shelter in place. How, how can we do that? How can we still engage with folks who are interested in the art that comes out of the, the, the student store? Um, that, that's something that is still a bit of an unknown. Um, these are all short-term things. In the longer term, um, I'd love to be able to institute um, a way for us to maintain a hybrid model of communication, meaning um, in some, hopefully, <laughs> near future, uh, I'd love to be able to interact with everyone in an office setting, of course, with the all the appropriate health um, precautions. Uh, but that said, how do we facilitate conversations? Um, how do we facilitate voice time and what have you between people, especially when we're not sure what everyone's risk threshold is, right? Um, even if we do have a vaccine, even if we are returning to what is, I guess, the new normal, um, it'll be a completely different world that we're, we're coming to uh, a few months from now. And so how do we meet people halfway to show them that we want them to be part of this SEC community? We need them to thrive because they are the very foundation of what we're doing. Um, and how do we do so in a respectful way? So that, that's a lot of, <laughs> those are a lot of broad strokes, I think. Um, but, but to answer your question, Cricket, I think that's what I'm trying to get at. Uh, in the longer term is that communication, the communication aspect. How do we maintain this really beautiful culture that our, especially our previous CEO, Lomo Phillips, uh, worked so hard to, to build? That's a really good question. And earlier in your response, you, you mentioned student-generated art. I think one of the arts that I've experienced on campus is less of the tangible stuff, but more of the community that we've created. And I'm wondering how that is being affected um, in your experience, by the fact that everything has to be online now? Mm -hmm. I think that's something that I alluded to, but I, it, speaking more directly, something that I've experienced is I, well, let me backtrack. I like to consider myself an extroverted introvert, which I know everyone says, um, but I mean it. <laughs> I'm the kind of person who loves to connect with people you know, get to know them. Um, I love hearing stories and telling stories, but I also need to recharge right after that. And so in this Zoom environment where 
suddenly were available 24 um, seven. It, it has taken its toll on, on me personally. And I know that has to a good amount of our community members. I mean, I, I hear it every day. It's like, it's that zoom fatigue. It's that uh, low battery <laughs> that everyone uh, alludes to. And so I think that has been one of the biggest changes is that suddenly um, being able to engage with other people, interact with other people, uh, because it happens through a screen, because it happens through a phone call, it's a bit more exhausting. We're, we're, we're not used to this kind of environment, you know. Um, we're used to, if, if you know someone well enough, if you're good friends, um, if you need a hug, you can do that. And now suddenly that, that's gone. Um, I think that's, that's been the biggest challenge to community right now is if we wanted to put an event out where we had, you know, some pizza ordered to the office and we just sent a, a mass message to our email thread, people would show up. And that'd be a way to organically, you know, get to know people who you may not be working with in Cardinal Ventures versus the student store versus ASSU or what have you. Um, and we don't have that anymore. We don't have that organic um, ease of access. So it's been it's been really tough. But does that get at what you're asking? Yes, absolutely. Um, SSE is responsible for generating, at the very least, the vast majority of the money that we allocate to clubs. There's a form that we fill out sometime in winter or spring that um, is approving all of the requests from various clubs. And I'm just wondering, where is all that money going now? Yes, that's a very good question. So. At the start, uh, or rather, pardon me, at the end of spring quarter, we passed through both the Senate and the GSC um, what the respective uh, full year um, undergraduate and graduate activities fees would be. Normally, those would have been set at $175 per quarter for undergraduates and $45 per quarter for, for, for graduate students. Um, but that would be assuming normal operations in-person events, um, all of that happening. And, and quite frankly, that is not the world that we're living in. So the way that we've had to address that is for fall, winter, and spring quarter, we are making fee decisions on a quarter-by-quarter basis, and we are only trying to collect the money um, that we are fairly certain student groups will end up using, um, either in ways that they planned on, on using those monies or in new ways of engaging online. But we're also trying to do that in a way that is fair and equitable to as many students as possible, because at the end of the day, we're stewarding student money, and that money should not just be used for um, food gift cards or, or things that don't, events that don't have as much of an impact as, as a student body wanted to, to see from those events. So what that means concretely for fall quarter, for instance, is we have lowered the uh, fall activities fee to $100 versus the 175 that it was going to be. So that's a fi- um, that means that the fee is 57.5% what it would have been uh, to allow for online programming. So instead of dispersing the full um, annual grants, for instance, that were approved in the spring quarter, we're doing it on a quarter-by-quarter basis, understanding that fall is a uh, it's according to experiment w- with the fee. And then, of course, if come winter quarter, it looks like groups can put on in-person programming um, or there's a change to student life and um, what we are able to do healthfully, 
then we will adjust the fee accordingly to match that. Um, or if the trends go in the reverse order, then of course we will cut the fee further to make sure that at no point are we overestimating um, what we can do, or rather what student groups can do with that money. At the end of the day, um, we're trying to make sure that our ASSU SSE funding policies and our uh, financial policies are attuned to the moment. So any restrictions in the past um, when it came to following the letter of the law of budgets that student groups would, would submit, uh, we're, we're being much more flexible now. We understand that if you plan for a large conference to happen in person uh, come fall quarter, Obviously, you are not able to do that anymore, but that doesn't mean that your student group uh, cannot engage with its mission. And so it's a matter of allowing student groups enough money, allocating them enough money to be creative, to meet the moment, to get their members um, to continue doing the work that they, they, they set out to do, and also to make sure that students understand that we're listening. Uh, we're not trying to cut their lifeline when it comes to, to student programming. Uh, at the end of the day, so much of the vibrant programming and life and friendship building and, <laughs> and so many things happens because of the programming of VSOs. And so as best we can, we want to encourage folks to continue doing that work, albeit in a virtual setting. Um, and we want to make sure that we are gathering enough resources, especially monetarily, to be able to fund that. That makes a lot of sense, and I think a lot of students will be very, very happy that you're being flexible about this, because there are um, some parts of campus that are not necessarily being so understanding. Um, my last question for you is, what is one piece of advice that you would have for um, for VSOs who aren't sure about the future and whether they'll actually be able to continue? For example, um, the acapella groups on campus don't really have an easy way to make their music and to make the money that they need in order to continue. So I know a lot of them are struggling to figure out how they can actually um, continue to exist and provide the entertainment and the community for students. That is a very, very good question. And <laughs> I'm being pulled in a, in a couple of different directions because I think there's a lot I want to say, but also a lot that I want to... Hmm flush out with that question. I, I guess I'll say this. Um, one thing that I've seen with a good amount of student groups, and I would uh, encourage other groups to do this as well, is to continue pushing administrators uh, to be more accountable to their constituents, more accountable to their student body. And what I mean by that is when groups, for instance, um, are unsure about uh, their financial standing for, for the upcoming year, um, we at the ASSU, um, TSF, so many other sources of funding on campus, we are resources. We exist to make sure that programming is happening, to make sure that student life is vibrant and thriving. And then this is a tough year for us uh, just as a whole. But this is a year where perhaps not a lot of growth will happen. That doesn't mean that we need to shrink. Uh, that doesn't need to mean that we need to neglect student life. Quite the opposite. I think now is a time to make sure that these administrators, myself included, are really living up to the promise of uh, advocating for students when it comes to programming, when it comes to accessibility on campus, when it comes to representation. 
and when it comes to tangible change. And so I think doing so, keeping up that hard work is incredibly important um, because really that is what, to me, is a reminder of why I'm doing this work. I'm doing this work because it, it impacts people on campus, because it matters, because when I was a student being a, a part of Mecha, um, that was such a formative experience for me in my four years at Stanford, and I know that there is something like that for students on campus as well. Now, as I say all of that, though, I think it's also important to give ourselves a lot of grace in this work. And what I mean by that is, as you're advocating, as you are trying to get the attention of administrators, as you're trying to navigate this very difficult landscape of of not knowing things, because quite frankly, you'd think I have a seat at the table and I'm part of these conversations, but there's a lot that I'm hearing that we don't know. I think it's also important to sit down with yourself, with your team members, with family, friends, loved ones, really, and ground yourselves in the fact that this is a very, very tough moment that I would really say, at least personally, I have not experienced something like this. It's tough. Every day is a new challenge in many respects, and, and nothing that my parents told me, nothing that my professors told me or anyone told me has prepared me for this. And yet, um, we are still here. You know, we are working hard. We're working together. Um, I'm seeing the bonds that that tie many of us together, and it makes me incredibly proud to be part of this community. Just taking the time to to either mend those ties, strengthen them, um, really respect what is going on, I think is is very important, especially to prevent burnout. At the end of the day, we're doing all of this work, ideally so that it is sustainable, so that by the time we leave campus or leave these spaces or what have you, the work is still going on. And so it's important to not treat this as a sprint, but rather a marathon. Uh, there's a lot of good work that's happening and, and that really inspires me. Um, but let's make sure that we're doing that work in a way that is building bridges that is not at the detriment of anyone's expense and that builds community. That's what we're here for. That is a very good piece of advice, and I hope everyone remembers that, whether or not they're part of campus groups. So thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the first episode of All Students of Stanford Unite, which is the official podcast of the ASSU and SSE. If you have any feedback at all, please feel free to send it to communications at assu.stanford.edu. Thanks so much, and have a good one.